Well, amen. Good morning, everybody. Happy Easter 2020 to all of you. Uh, glad that you could digitally join us on Facebook Live, YouTube. Uh, it's great to see all of you. Glad you could see us this morning. So thankful you're here with us this morning and praise the Lord. He is risen and he is risen indeed. And we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 10 this morning. So if you have a copy of God's word, go ahead and open it up to Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to be reading verses 11 through 18, and we are going to ask God to richly, richly bless uh, this time in the scriptures together, especially on this most hallowed day. I know it's quarantine central and it's raining outside to boot, but it's okay. Jesus is still alive and he's still risen from the dead and nothing can change that truth. And we're going to uh, expound on that truth this morning in Hebrews chapter 10. Starting in Hebrews 10 verse 11. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us, saying, This is the covenant I will make with them after those days, declared the Lord. I will put my laws on their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. Praise God for the reading and the hearing of his word. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for even just hearing your word, God, and reading it together. God, I believe that you will use that scripture reading to to multiply its way out into the hearts and minds of everybody here. And Lord, I'm so thankful for everyone who's tuning in, everyone who is celebrating, everyone who is witnessing to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Lord, we're not alone this morning. Lord, there are millions, hundreds of millions of people all over this planet celebrating the King, Jesus Christ. And I pray that our celebration would be pleasing to you and honoring to you. I pray that the words of my mouth and the thoughts of my Uh, heart would be pleasing and acceptable to you. O Lord, my God, my strength and my redeemer, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So the purchase of a Fairway grocery store is a massive accomplishment. Can I get a sofa amen or some hearts or likes or whatever, you know, make those things go and you know how you can make them fly on the stream. The purchase of Fairway is a massive accomplishment To the glory of God. It's huge. A million dollars raised in just 14 months. And all the glory goes to Jesus. Raised is uh, such a funny word. You know, I I think we should change the word. One million dollars raised in 14 months. How about one million dollars provided? How about provided for a word? We didn't raise the money. God provided the money. God provided for us. God did it. 
And I want you to hear this morning on Easter morning very clearly from me. Who accomplished the big purchase of Fairway? Who did it? The risen Jesus did it. Nobody else. The risen Jesus did it. Don't think for a second that this pastor or a church leadership group or a a gracious fairway executive or a real estate agent or a bunch of generous people did it. It's not mainly us who did it. It is mainly the risen Christ. Jesus did it. Jesus provided. Jesus worked this massive accomplishment for us. And we give him all the praise. We look at that big check. That's Jesus' check. We look at that money. That's Jesus' money. We look at the closing that happened on Friday where we buy our neighborhood grocery store. That's Jesus' thing. He did it. From beginning to end, he did it. And here's here's the truth this morning. Jesus accomplishing a million dollars for our church in the way that he did it it's not the, the only accomplishment Jesus has done in the last week. It's not the last accomplishment Jesus is going to do. And it is certainly not the greatest accomplishment of Jesus. Though, I would like to think that the purchase of Fairway ranks up there in his, you know, in his rankings of his works. It's not the greatest. Listen, just to expand your mind a little bit this morning, Jesus is accomplishing great things all over this planet this morning. Hundreds of millions of Christians are gathered all over the earth, digitally mostly, and and they are coming to celebrate that the the God-man, Jesus, died on a cross and he rose again. This is happening not just here. This is happening in Africa and Asia and Western Europe and China and India and all these places. We serve a big God. So Jesus is accomplishing a million dollar purchase for us. I just want to put it in the context of his rule and reign over all things. He is ruling and reigning and doing and and accomplishing bigger things than we could ever dream of. But that being said, Jesus is also working here at Living Waters. Jesus is working here in ways that we believe to be very important. He's working in your heart. He's working in mine. He's working in our tech team and all the guys that are around here and our kids director, Julie. He's working in her heart. He's working in Pastor Andy's heart. He's working in our hearts this morning. And we don't take that for granted. We believe and we hope and we pray that Jesus works in you this morning in a very specific way. We believe it by faith. We believe that here and now, Jesus is going to accomplish things this morning. Here's the truth of Hebrews 10, 11 through 18. Jesus' sacrifice of himself on the cross and his subsequent resurrection are the greatest accomplishments in the history of humanity. There is no greater accomplishment than Jesus dying and rising again from the dead. And we're going to see this accomplishment work its way out in two different ways as we approach the text. So let's look at the Bible this morning. Let's look at the verses. Let's unpack it together. And let's look at two accomplishments that Jesus Christ did when he died on the cross and he rose again. The first accomplishment that Jesus did as the king is that he sacrificed himself and that sacrifice fixed frustration. 
The king's sacrifice fixed frustration. Um, You can see this in verse 11 through 13. Every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sin. You see the Old Testament priests, they, they stood every single day at the temple offering daily sacrifices. And those sacrifices, those animal sacrifices could never take away sin. They could only cover the sin. They couldn't take away the sin. So these are good, godly, hardworking priests, and they're killing all kinds of animals. They're killing lambs. They're killing oxen. They're killing big animals and small animals. And they're doing this thousands of times almost every single day. And the author of Hebrews says that they are repeatedly, they are frequently, they are often offering the same sacrifices that can never take away sin. You can read about this in the Old Testament in Numbers chapter 28, Exodus chapter 29, and Micah 6, and, you know, hundreds of other places in the Old Testament where we see the sacrificial system at work. And we see these daily endless sacrifices of the priest, and and the priests, they're doing their best, but there's just limitations to their sacrifice. Because every animal they kill and every blood offering that they give at the temple, it only covers sin. It doesn't take away sin. Reminds me of the daily press conferences we've seen in the last month. Can I get a sofa? Amen. Church in the, in the well, can I get an amen? It seems like, yeah, it seems like we have daily press conferences these days. And every day what we've seen over the last month is government leaders, government officials standing daily to offer repeated explanations, repeated sacrifices for the people of explanations of what's happening, what's going on, and how we're going to fix it. You guys know, you've been watching these. Maybe you've been starting to tune out a little bit, like I have a bit this week. Guilty confession. It's Easter. I should probably confess my sins, right? I've just not been paying as much attention to these uh, daily press conferences because it seems like it's the same message over and over and over again. It seems like it's the same people, and you know the names, Trump, Fauci, and for our state of Iowa, Reynolds. We're watching these individuals every day, and I'm not knocking them at all. I'm thankful for our leaders. I don't want their job. Amen? Can I get a sofa? Amen? I don't want their job. But we're watching these government leaders stand every single day to offer repeated explanations of where things are at. And there is a growing frustration in the hearts and the souls of us as as people. Because we know that the press conferences won't change our lives. We know that they will only affect our lives by squeezing them even more than they are. And there's nothing wrong with social distancing. There's nothing wrong with the current rules and legislation that we have to undergo. There's nothing wrong with it. But in our hearts, spiritually speaking, we know that there is something that's just being covered, not taken away. Like the priests of the Old Testament It is impossible for press conferences about statistics and graphs and curbing the spread of a virus. It is impossible for those reality facts to change the frustration that is in the heart of men and women. There is a certain respect that we have for our governing officials. Amen. But there is also 
a frustration in our heart because we know that there is a margin of error in what is being talked about. And we know that the toughest questions that are inside us aren't getting answered. They're just being covered. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. You ready? Jesus offered himself once to take away sins. And then he sat down at the right hand of God. Verse 12, verse 13. When Christ offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. In contrast to the priest's Jesus Christ doesn't have to offer a million sacrifices every day. He doesn't have to hold the press conference every day. Jesus died one time. Can I get a sofa? Amen. And that sacrifice was good for all time. It was so good that when he was done, he sat down. Where? In heaven. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 24 says Christ entered into the holy places, not made with human hands, but he entered into heaven itself. Jesus rose from the dead and he walked into heaven after his single sacrifice. And he sat down at God's right hand. The right hand of God is a position of authority. The right hand of God is a position of exaltation. The right hand of God is where Jesus alone deserves to sit. We don't deserve that. No human sinner deserves to sit in the throne room of God. Jesus does because his sacrifice happened once and it was good for all time. And what is Jesus doing? He's waiting. Verse 13, he's waiting from all time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the throne of God, our resurrected Jesus, and he is waiting for every tribe, tongue, and nation to bow down before him as a footstool for his feet. You know what a footstool is? It's not a place of exaltation. A footstool is where you put your dirty feet after a long day of work or where you put your feet after a long day of walking and labor, you put your feet on a footstool because a footstool is not the most exalted place in your house. It's the place for your feet to rest. And Jesus, the exalted Jesus is waiting for all peoples everywhere to bow the knee before his kingship. Jesus has been, he will be, and he is victorious. Can I get a sofa? Amen. He's victorious over all things. His sacrifice was so much better, so much superior to the sacrifices of the priesthood. And now we see history unfold since Jesus' resurrection, and we have seen human kingdom after human kingdom rise up and fall down at the footstool of our king. Ancient Rome, where Jesus was underneath the authority of when he died and rose again. Ancient Rome, which was thought to be an indestructible kingdom, has fallen. With Nero and all of the Caesars, they have fallen. Napoleon and France have risen and fallen. Nazi Germany with Hitler have risen and fallen. Russia, with all of its historic leadership, has risen and fallen many times. China, with its despotic regime of violence and fear, has risen and fallen. 
And yes, even our United States, our precious United States of America, the country I love, the country you love, it will rise. And at some point it will fall before the, king, the feet of our King, Jesus. Jesus does and will reign supreme. Why? Because he does what no human kingdom can do. He takes away human sin. No kingdom can take away sin. No kingdom can cover sin. Jesus not only covers it, he takes it away. To everybody who believes in him, everybody who repents, everybody who says, please forgive me, Jesus Christ saves and he takes it away. Jesus has fixed the frustration that sin has caused. His sacrifice and his resurrection has fixed the frustration that you feel. Are you frustrated this morning? Probably giving me a sofa amen, probably. Are you frustrated this morning? Mankind cannot fix your sin. Mankind cannot fix your soul. Only Jesus can. Accomplishment number two is that the king's sacrifice canceled sin. It not only fixed frustration, but it canceled sin. Jesus canceled sin for all who are being sanctified. You can see this in verse 14. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Jesus is perfecting those who are being sanctified. The word perfected there means to bring to an end, to finish, to accomplish. It's the finish line. Jesus brings sinners to the finish line. He saves them and he brings them to the end. It's used 23 times in the New Testament. Another way to say it is that Jesus' sacrifice brings home all who believe in his name. Um, Hebrews chapter 9 verse 26 said that Jesus put away sin. It says he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. The word put away there is abolished or rejected. It means that Jesus told sin to go away and to not come back. Jesus, when he died and he rose again, he put away sin and said, get out of here, sin. You don't get to come back. That's what it means to perfect. He perfected those who are being sanctified. The word perfected um, in verse 14 is in the perfect tense. This is really important. Okay, I'm going to geek out on you a little bit. All right. The word perfect is in perfect tense, which means it was performed once and it has continual effects that are carried along with it. What it means is that Jesus, when he died and rose again, he canceled sin and death. And when he did that on the cross and when he rose from the dead, he canceled sin and death. And everybody who believes receives that cancellation and that cancellation has continual effects. What does that mean? Well, here's what it means. We've had a lot of cancellations in our lives in the last month. Can I get a sofa? Amen. You can probably do those angry emojis. You can probably do those if you want. We've had a lot of cancellations in our lives. In fact, for all, many of us, it feels like life has been canceled, for goodness sakes. It feels like everything's been canceled. It's been a real bummer. Uh, federal and state officials, the CDC, the WHO, they've all made strong decisions to cancel society. And I'm not against those decisions. I'm just saying they've been, they've been very clear, very demonstrative. These cancellations 
have had continual effects in our lives. Can I get a sofa? Amen. We've had huge effects in our lives. The cancellation of society has had effects on our educational system. All my teachers, give me a shout out. Entire industries have been shut down. All my sports fans and coaches, give me a shout out. Entire industries have been shut down. Our global and national economies have been shut down. Cancellations have been a real bummer. Let me tell you the good news. Jesus has done what the virus has done, but in reverse. Jesus has done, in verse 14, what the virus has done, except in reverse. Jesus has canceled sin. You know what's canceled? Sin is canceled. Amen. Death is canceled. How about that for good news? Sin and death are canceled because Jesus said so at the cross. Jesus' resurrection has canceled sin for all who believe in him. The cancellation, this kind of cancellation, is a blessing, not a bummer. Cancellation of sin is the greatest blessing that has ever happened. And Jesus declared the cancellation enacted using the verse Julie mentioned earlier in the service, John 19.30, to tell us die, which means it is finished. Jesus declared on the cross that sin is canceled. Praise God. Well, what does that mean? It means this. Jesus cancels sin for all who believe in him and those individuals who believe get forgiveness of sins. In Jesus, fearful warriors can experience the security that Jesus will never leave them nor forsake them. In Jesus, angry people will be forgiven of their sins and they will be shown that their angry outbursts are no longer needed. There's a better way to think, feel, and live. In Jesus, needy and oppressed people. You know, there's still needy and oppressed people in our culture. Just because the virus has happened doesn't mean there's not needy and oppressed people in our neighborhoods, in our state, in our city. In Jesus, needy and oppressed people can have a defender on their side. In Jesus, needy and oppressed people can have a big brother named Jesus who can knock out their enemies for them. You ever needed help in a fight? Sure you have. It's always good to have that friend who's a good fighter on your side, right? In Jesus, the needy and oppressed have a fighter on their side. In Jesus... Guilty people can see for the first time that it's not their fault. Guilty people can see that the heartbreak, every single heartbreak you have to undergo has a purpose behind it because Jesus says so. In Jesus, drug addicts and alcoholics can get a breath of fresh hope that Jesus loves even them and there's a future and there's a hope and there's a way forward in Jesus. In Jesus, sin is canceled. You think you swear too much? You think you swear too much? You use too many bad language words, potty mouth. Jesus says, I can cancel that and I can set you on a whole new path with your mouth. You think you've made too many mistakes? I've made too many mistakes. I can't be forgiven. 
I've blown it too many times. You think so? Jesus says, you can scrap that. Sin is canceled. Sin is canceled if you believe in me. If you repent, if you humble yourself before me, I'll cancel your sin and I'll bring a whole new life into your future. Jesus canceled sin. How long? How long did Jesus cancel sin for? For all time. For by a single sacrifice, he has perfected for all time. How long is life going to be canceled? I mean, that's the main question everybody's asking these days. When is the economy going to reopen up? When are schools going to reopen up? When is everything going to happen? When? We want a finish line. We want to know when we can go back to normal. Everybody's asking. How long is life going to be canceled? Here's the real question you should ask this morning. How long is my sin canceled? How long is it going to last for Jesus to look down on me with cancellation and good news and forgiveness? How long is, surely, surely there's an end date to that, right? Surely there's a a limit to God's love. All time, the Greek word there means continuously indicating a repeated cycle that never ends. When Jesus cancels someone's sin, he does it for eternity. Praise God. When Jesus cancels sin and death, he does it for eternity, forever and ever and ever and ever. There is no end to your forgiveness if you know Christ. This is awesome. This is the best news in the world. I'm telling you the best news in the world. How long does the cancellation last? Forever, if you believe in Jesus with simple faith. Jesus canceled sin and he guaranteed it. He's not going back on his word. He guaranteed that he would forgive sinners with a promise. And that promise is Jeremiah 31, 33, and 34. And you should read it. It's the next quoted verses in Hebrews 10. Jesus promised that sin is canceled and he secured that cancellation with the same promise that he gave Abraham, the same promise he gave Isaac, the same promise he gave Jacob. If you know Jesus Christ, you are spiritually walking with giants. How did God provide a million dollars for our church in 14 months? We were walking in great promises. We were walking in the promises of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's not about us at all. It's about God. It's about us being in the right promise. Jesus said that whoever believes in him, he'll cancel sin for all time. I want you to think about these verses as I close my message. Jesus said these words in John 8. 51 and 52, he said, truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. If anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Mind blown. Sofa, amen, mind blown. This is incredible. Whoever believes in Jesus won't taste death even when they die. 
Jesus' words in John 11, verse 25, as he's talking to Martha, reflect the same truth. He said this in John eleven twenty five, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. What's the answer for coronavirus? What's the answer for these crazy times we're living in? It is the reality that Jesus is the resurrection. For everybody who believes in him, the big deal of this virus is death. Everybody's dying. We don't want people to die. We don't like death. We want to avoid it as much as possible. Praise God. But when you come to that moment when it's the end of your life, when you come to that moment when you breathe your last breath, You better know Jesus. You better know that he is the resurrection and the life. And if you believe in him, you're never going to die. So as we close, church, I just want to say three things in closing. The king's sacrifice, Jesus' sacrifice is the greatest accomplishment in the history of mankind. He he died and he rose again to fix frustration. He came to fix your soul. He came to save your soul. Some of you need to be saved this morning. Some of you have a very frustrated soul that Jesus needs to save. Jesus' work is done. He's canceled sin. He's taken it away. He's made the greatest cancellation announcement in the history of the world. And it's this great cancellation that gives us hope. So if you're here, as we close our time, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, you do not know him, you do not know for sure, 100% for sure, if you were to die today, you don't know for sure where you'd spend eternity. And I just tell you again, the greatest news in the world for you this morning is to humble yourself, to repent, to believe in Christ, and to receive eternal life. And for those of you who, who are believers in Jesus and you do know Christ, our hope is not in this world. Our hope is in our King who canceled sin. And believer, he'll carry you through. He will carry you to the end. Praise God for that hope. Let's close our time in prayer. Jesus, we thank you for this word, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, as the king for this great sacrifice. What a great sacrifice you made for us, Lord, that fixes our frustrations. It's, your sacrifice was once for all. It's good enough. Help us to believe it. Jesus, your sacrifice canceled sin. Lord, would you just cancel sin right now in living rooms and, and, and screens all over the place? Would you just start allowing and moving in people's hearts to just cry out to you for the first time and ask for forgiveness? Maybe even just deep in their heart, Lord, may you just start canceling sin. Lord, all over the place. And as we realize the reality of this cancellation, God, may you just start writing new effects. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, all the fruits of the Spirit. May you just start just infusing these beautiful things into our lives. Jesus, we need you this morning. Thanks for being with us, Jesus. 
Thanks for meeting with us. It's in your mighty name we trust in you. Amen. Amen.